Broadcasting you live from the Badlands of Texas, I'm your host, Jerry Adams. You're listening to or you're watching Midnight Radio. Hello, friends. How are you doing today? I have I have some stories for you tonight. There's a lot of people talking about old, old Murdaugh, Murdaugh's son. I keep on wanting to call him uh, something else, but his name is Buster. Buster is the name of a, it's not a cartoon rabbit, it's actually the name of a man. A man who fell out of... Or got kicked out of law school because he plagiarized. And people think that he might have had something to do with the murder of his friend. We're going to talk about it today. And uh, there's other things we want to talk about. We talked about the crime scene photos that were supposedly released or insinuated that they were from the Idaho 4. There's uh, different sets. There's two different sets. Each set had two photos in it. And supposedly they're from the Idaho Four. One person didn't release it, but it showed me and I showed you guys what was being said. And then one was released by um, Van Life. She she did an interview with Jay Is for Justice. I'm going to play a portion of that and go over it right now. Maybe you can help me decipher exactly what is being said and exactly what you think about this. Uh, we need we we need to talk about this, people. We need to talk about this now. I don't bash other creators. Matter of fact, I get bashed when I say something relating to something the other creator said. Guys, I'm invincible here on YouTube because I don't watch other channels. So if they talk about me, that's okay. They can just give somebody else a break. It, the more people talk about me, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. And it lets people know I'm alive, although that's not my goal. Uh, we also have a story about Brian Kohlberger's lawyer. That's right. She is blasting back out of all the nasty Banfieldian things that have been said about her. We're going to go over that today. And then Buster Murdaugh's classmate, of course, that died mysteriously. And the jurors from the Murdaugh case just cannot keep their mouths sealed. I remember in old days, say, uh, I don't know. I don't think the two cases are comparable, but O.J. Simpson, those jurors didn't talk very much. Now... Seems like everybody wants to get a little famous. We, I mean, how many jurors do we have so far? Three, four, five. Four or five, they're talking. And I mean, they're proud. That's up to them. We also got, we're going to go over what they said made them convict him. So, if anybody wants to talk about the Murdoch trial, I will not be talking about this much longer. Today, tonight, might be my last time, so... Be advised, if you want to call, call now or forever hold your peace. Dylan Rounds. We're going to talk about the Dylan Rounds case. Uh, for those of you that don't know about the Dylan Rounds case, we're going to tell you what it is again and tell you what the the newest news in that case is or if it's news at all. Oh, we'll see. They charge somebody. I have something very interesting about the Delphi case. Uh, the detectives are looking into a possible link between the Delphi case murder and another murder. An alarming drinking trend on TikTok. And much more tonight on Midnight Radio. I think, I think the first thing I want to go over... I think the first thing I want to go over... I almost want to ask you guys in chat. Do you think the first thing we should be, go over is what I put on the tin? 
about Brian Kohlberger's lawyer uh, shooting back. Do you want to hear about that? Do you want to hear about her finally, finally saying something against all the nasty things that have been said? Do you want to talk about that? Or do you want to go, is, is Susan A in here? Because I know she wanted to call in. Hi, Kim in Colorado. Uh, hello, St. George. All right. So, Susan A. is here. Her Lyft driver doesn't speak English, but she's going home. All right. Do you guys want to talk about... Do you want to talk about Jay is for Justice interview with Van Life where she talked about the pictures first or do you guys want to talk about Brian Kohlberger's lawyer first striking back I guess I should have done start a poll uh, poll doesn't work for this does it I mean I don't want to disappoint anybody looking to blah, blah, blah. okay well, I'm, I'm just going to start with this all right, guys, I'm probably going to have to double speed this, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to double speed it. <laughs> Maybe triple speed. The gents at the club are going to laugh at me. I will 1.75 it. Yes, yes, I will. All right, here we go. And Taylor first. All right, Taylor first. Okay, Taylor first. Here we go. Doesn't matter to me, Governor. Ryan Kohlberger's lawyer blasts grotesquely twisted coverage. This is a long heading. Of stabbing that killed four Idaho students. Let's see what she had to say. Goldberger's defense team blasted grotesquely twisted media coverage of the Idaho student stabbings case that left four University of Idaho students dead in November. Now, this is me talking. I'll continue reading in a second. Apparently, all the news organizations that were suing for the injunction, the gag order, to be lifted for them, well, they went about it the wrong way, which is very interesting. Now, public defender Ann Taylor is opposing request from the Associated Press and other media organizations asking the Idaho Supreme Court to order the Laytock County Court to lift its gag order on the case. In court filings made public last Friday, Jay Weston Logsdon, writing for Taylor's office, argued that the media group's efforts are without merits. I quote, what the media really seeks here is a procedural victory, knowing full well it cannot win on the merits of any test. Given the pervasive and grotesquely twisted nature of media coverage that has occurred thus far, he wrote. He also argued that the Associated Press and other outlets should have first challenged the order in the, the Latah County Magistrate Court instead of going straight to the state's Supreme Court. The court should find that the petitioners failed to raise their issues before the magistrate court in the first instance, and this position is premature. Logsdon concluded further, 
this court should find that the second part of the amended non-dissemination order in this matter merely echoes the ethical rules already binding in the attorneys and their argument and their agents are required no additional consideration or findings to be entered now the language of the gag order does mirror idaho's rules of professional conduct however authorities and attorneys on both sides have declined to answer virtually all inquiries from the media since it was imposed even on topics they are allowed to speak on in other words the lawyers are not speaking on things that they are allowed to speak on and blaming the gag order separately taylor is opposing an appeal from the attorney for one of the victim's families who called it facially overboard and vague in a court filing last month we went over that that was uh, steve gonsalves's lawyer uh, Bill Thompson is also supportive of keeping the order in place. Now, the real question is, do the media and the people have a right to know, said John Kelly, a criminal profiler and psychotherapist who was interviewing serial killers and followed the, cl- the case closely. So basically, he's just some jacker smacker off the street. But they're saying this is what he had to say. He said... Taylor, who's permitted under the order to speak on strictly regulated topics, has not responded to multiple requests for comment over the past two months and did not respond to requests for comment, including before Judge Megan Marshall put the gag order in place. Taylor can comment on matters not covered by the gag order on publicity filed document on publicly filed documents and facts contained therein. A Los Angeles-based trial attorney and former federal prosecutor said she's choosing not to do so and arguing that the media attention is prejudicing her client. Taylor's office is tasked with defending Kohlberger. We all know that. Four charges of first-degree murder for which he could face a death penalty if convicted. The judge is doing the, the uh, cautious thing in siding with the defense to avoid an appellate issue. As a defense attorney in a capital case, Taylor's trying to not only defend her client at trial, but also to create issues that may get a conviction or death sentence overturned on appeal. As for the challenges against the gag order, he said he expects a media group's request to have a better chance than against Salvez attorneys, Shannon Gray's appeal. Because Gray is representing the Gonsalves family and the family members may be witnesses at trial or the penalty phase. Gray's challenge will probably fail, he said. The U.S. Supreme Court has upheld gag orders of witnesses. Goldberger is due back in court June 26th. So there we go, everybody. There we go. There's a little bit about it right here. So basically, they answered the petition from the news agencies. This is after uh, the the Gonsalves family lawyer petitioned to have it removed from him and removed from his clients, which I thought was odd. But so far, right now, the gag order is still in place for everybody, and nobody can speak. And I can barely speak. I'm losing my voice. Hello, baby. Sipping on that ice water. Ooh-wee! All right. Who's leaking the info? That's the question. What info exactly is being leaked? What really solid qualifying info has been leaked that has been complete bullshit? That's what I'm asking. I know there's an answer. 
I just don't know because I know there was some good stuff leaked. I'm reading the chat room, guys. I'm reading the chat room. All right, before we continue on, I want to thank our executive producers. I want to thank Cranky One. Thank you very much. I want to thank Lady Lisa, and I want to thank Lady Sandy. Thank you very much, ladies, and Cranky One, possibly a non-lady. I don't know. Because if it wasn't for you, we couldn't continue to do the show. To be an executive producer and above, there's a donation of $20, whether it be on a super sticker, a cash app, or whether it's on a super thanks. And I super thank you because all that money goes to our our uh, radio station. It goes for licensing of the artists, and I thank you very much. And that is a continuing cost we have and the fees for the licensing. So thank you guys for making the dream come true. We've already started. We have our our radio app was submitted to the app store today and it's going out to the beta testers and i'm testing it on my phone it is pretty damn awesome our radio station app where you can listen to a wide variety of music all the best music from the 50s through the aughts we have new djs coming on djs just about every night now thank you guys for helping with us with that Without you, we couldn't do it. I'd also like to thank our producers. We have one producer today. That is Sir Affidavid. Sir Affidavid, thank you very much. So you can also become a producer for if you donate anything, uh, anything up to $20. Thank you guys very much. Let me continue on the show. I need to talk with you about this. You've been waiting for it. No, I'm not about to say Banfield. This might be, might be. I'm not going to say it is, but it might be a Banfield free show. It might not be. All right, so this is Jay for Justice, and all the links to everything I'm sharing with you today is going to be in the show notes after the show, so you guys can check it out too. She had a call-in, and the call-in was Van Life, and Van Life was the lady that posted the pictures of the murder, the Idaho 4 murder, the crime scene, photos of the blood. Let's tune in and find out what she had to say for herself. Okay, there was someone who was, had the, like, there's a kid's show, and they had their, their picture was the Coco Melon person. And then somebody was, I saw a comment where somebody was giving them crap for it, and they were like, and then I never saw him again, so I didn't know. Oh, no, I don't, that wasn't me, no. Well, I have caught some of your videos. Actually, me and a couple of my moderators mm-hmm. watched one of yours this morning. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I noticed I that you saw the, the, you had some of the C- I get comments every time. Why are you playing it so fast? There's something wrong. Guys, for um, copyright purposes, I have to speed it up. I'm sorry, but I have to. Or it'll get pulled down. Or I'll just have to hit a button and mute out everything that's being said. So I'm not going to play everything. I'm just going to play enough. There's going to be a link in the show notes where you can listen to it unsped up. But this is what you got to do, it, guys. Dean, like the crime scene photos in there. Yeah. Where did um, those come from? Well, I asked my aunt if I can use something that looks like the crime scene. That's where it came from. Your aunt? Yeah, she works um, in the district with uh, Pennsylvania for the uh, courthouse. When you have the case up there because they still have a, a, another murder case in uh, Elizabeth, um, what do they call it? Elizabeth Town in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. So they're still investigating a stabbing there that they, don't, they oh, didn't even mention. Well, whose beds yeah. are those? Uh, that, that's, that's what I don't know. I didn't, she, she said, look, you can use this, but you can't really say anything about it. You could say that you, you're, you, know, you got it off of you know, whatever, but, and that there's not really the scenes. Was that shown on Banfield or was that shown on your thing? It, oh, those, those scenes were shown on, oh, God. Oh, I don't remember. But somebody else had it too, but they took it down. So you have crime scene photos? I, I have some, not all of them. Are they in your video then? No, no, because I'm, I'm, I was told not to do that. I know, but you just said you did. 
You just said that yes, your aunt she gave me, you. Yeah, she gave me three pictures that I could work with. Are they not, in that video, though? Yes. So uh, are, they from, are, are they from 1122 King Road? That's what I don't know. She, she just said I could work with it. I didn't ask her. She said you could work with it? Yeah, Meaning. in my video. Guys, you, you can you guys understand what's being said? Can you hear? I know it sounds like chipmunks. I know it's hard to hear. Laughing stock is asking, are we gullible enough to believe this? That is what this clip is about. It shines, it puts everything in light. Now I could, I could possibly slow it down if you want me to. And just know this, if I slow it down and I get hit for this, I'm going to have to delete this whole show. All right. If you guys are willing to walk dangerously, I'm telling you guys, I do this show for you. I really do. Thank you guys. Thank you, Afa. Thank you, Kay. It will show up in the next show. Um, really? Because, like, there's a body yeah. cut out on the bed, on the one, on what looks like mm-hmm. Maddie's yeah. bed. Yeah, so I said, uh, you know, because I asked for the original, but she's not allowed to give me the originals. Or So Pennsylvania has crime scene photos and, like, people are just handing them out for videos? No, 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 she's not doing that, no. I know it sounds weird, but I, I asked her for her for her help so I can make my um, my video better. She says here you can work with this. She wanted to make her video better. All right, my vocal cords are damaged. That's why I sound like this. Hello, ladies. I'm not even joking. This is what my voice sounds like. But it's not. I can't tell you where it came from. I can't. Yeah, and you and you can't, you know, really say anything. I can't give you anything. Right. Yes, they do have they do have all that information because remember the case started in Pennsylvania before they transferred it back to Idaho. Those are on Reddit, Lala says. Did she find them? Yes. Yeah. Okay, home team says they are not from the I hear Laura over here saying sing. Man, I should have like a, a money a money goal. If we hit at least a hundred dollars, I will sing Laura a country song. I will do the karaoke thing and sing her a song. Crime scene in Moscow. They were from some random crime scene that? in pay, PA. Her aunt hooks her up with to use for examples. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, basically. Well, who's home team? Do you know them? Home team? No. Oh, I don't know. They're like they speaking for you, like they know you. They're like, oh no, 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 no. Um, yeah, so it's 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 basically people are calling it clickbait, you know. And I guess yeah, that's what I, it I is. kind of have a I kind of have a problem with it, to be honest with you. I mean, okay, all right. I think it's kind of that's I think, fine. I don't think it's cool. I mean, you you called in though to talk about Dylan, and like mm-hmm. how you know sensitive that is for her, and how it could mm-hmm. be putting her at risk. But on the other hand, how do you think like? Um, Mr. and Mrs. Gonsalves would names. feel like seeing that video. Yeah, that too. And would you like and to the see the mattress? Like, like, would you like to see the mattress where your daughter died and bled out? I don't think I'd want that on YouTube. Yeah, I agree. But I wonder when they do so release it, a lot of people are going to end up doing that anyway. That's what I wonder. But yeah, I agree but, with you. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, if you're broken, you can you know, you can rob a bank. It doesn't mean you should. Okay. Ooh. No, no, I, I agree. I, I'm, hey, um, I mean, to each like their I own. Said, you know I'm what I'm saying? But 
I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to this crime stuff. And um, I... I don't know what I'm doing. I actually, you know, I, know I understand doing, what you're saying. Because now that Justin mentioned those four... I didn't, I didn't mean to imitate her voice. I just... I, I had to... I can either go really high like this or I can do the low. And I just put the four what, that he mentioned with that uh, video that you showed um, with the four people walking past. Because, like, I was just trying to bring something out mm-hmm. about that point, but well, no, I, understand I didn't that. think I went the right way at all. I, I, I just didn't know how else to do it. You can iron your clothes. All right, you can iron your clothes with a lump of ice and some squeezy balls. Tune in to the next Midnight Radio where I will iron some with squeezy balls and a lump of ice. Until then. All right, guys, let's move right along. I... We're going to go to the Murdoch trial. After the Murdoch trial, we're going to look at two things. Specifically, we're going to look at the jurors that uh, can't wait to get out and tell that story. I'll tell you how they were gridlocked and wanted to talk about things. Uh, Jay is talking to Van Life. And specifically, right now, if you want to see this, I already posted it in, in our last video we did. I put it in the comment section, and I pinned it. So you can check that out right now. It's right there. Yeah, she's talking to Van Life, and she's the one that posted the videos of the blood that we showed in our last episode, and she made it look like those were from the Idaho 4 case. We had some other photos that we'd gotten, or were given to us, that I'd been holding on for months. Now, the pictures that I had were from the, the TikToker that murdered her boyfriend, stabbed her boyfriend, and those are the ones I... I had that were given to us and they told us it was the Idaho four uh, crime scene. And the other one, it very looked the same. Jerry, what do you say about circumstantial evidence? I love me some circumstantial evidence. I think some circumstantial evidence, man, some of that's the best stuff that you can get is way, way enough to convict somebody. All right, let's see. It doesn't matter what Jerry says. It matters what the jury says. And it matters what you say once I open up the phone lines, which I will do right after we hear from the jurors that convicted Mr. Murdoch. I don't even know if I want to hear from them because the t- today's show kind of creeps me out. I'm sorry, but it does. I might play a little bit of it. I might not. Now, I don't want to play anything from the Today show. You're going to have to read me. You're going to have to listen to me read what they say. They said, no, I didn't think he was crying. He turned it on and off. It wasn't genuine. So three of the jurors who served on Alex Murdoch's double murder trial said a video filmed at the scene of the slings was the key piece of evidence in the trial that sealed the deal. Are you listening to me, Susan? A, for convincing Murdoch, for convicting Murdoch in the murders of his wife and youngest son. Prosecutors introduced a Snapchat video Murdoch's youngest son, Paul Murdoch, filmed at the dog kennels on the Murdoch family property, which contained audio of Alex Murdoch yelling at one of the dogs minutes before the time of the murders. And he lied and said he was never there. That's not circumstantial. That's a lying piece of filth. Juror Army Williams told today on Monday, the video was one of the critical pieces of evidence in the case. The witness the witness's testimony was very believable, and the kill video definitely played a major part. 
Williams said, adding, Murdoch's testimony in his own defense was also a crucial piece of evidence she took into consideration of the verdict. There's a man right there. He looks healthier now that he's in prison. Maybe it's a burden lifted off his soul. The jury spent about three hours deliberating on March 2nd after a six-week trial before convicting Alex Murdoch on the murder of his wife, Maggie Murdoch, and the youngest son, Paul Murdoch. Alex Murdoch testified in his own defense on February 23rd. Juror Gwen Generetti said she couldn't believe that Murdoch took the stand, as we could neither, really. When he got on the stand, I was like, okay, so it's him. I don't know him, so I never knew his voice, but I realized it was him in the kennel video, and that just kind of sealed the deal for me. Juror James McDowell, along with Williams and Jeanette, say they did not think Murdoch should have testified in his own defense. If I was him, I don't think I would have, but I think that he believes that he's so convincing that he felt like that was his last resort. That's what McDowell said. Murdoch testified he did not shoot Maggie or Paul Murdoch and became emotional multiple times throughout his testimony. But the jurors said on today they were not convinced by the show of emotions. No, I didn't think he was crying, Jeanette said. He turned it on and off. It wasn't genuine. We already know that he's a lawyer, Murdoch added. McDowell added. He's able to be emotional with cases. He's able to be emotional with himself. I think we were able to read right through that. When asked if they knew what Murdoch's motive was for the murders, all three jurors said they thought there were multiple factors, including Murdoch's alleged financial crimes. He wanted to have control of everything. His wife owned the majority of the things that they owned. So I'm thinking it was more like greed and being in control, Jenneret said. McDowell referred to the prosecution's argument that a storm of events that led to the murder of Maggie and Paul Murdoch. It may not have been that one singular thing, but there's so many things there that contribute to the overall storm, I think, played a part. Williams added she also thought it could have been a combination of things. I don't know if we'll ever know, she said. I think it may have been a combination of things, not just the financial, but everything weighing heavily on him. Murdoch is still facing 99 other financial crime charges stemming from allegedly stealing funds from his clients at his former law firm for over a decade. Murdoch was sentenced to life in prison on March 3rd for the murders of Maggie and Paul Murdoch. And his attorney said they planned to appeal the sentence. He was taken to Kirkland Correctional Institute in Columbia, South Carolina, where he will remain for about a month for evaluation. Before he's transferred to maximum security prison, they took away his shoestrings, gave him flip-flops, and shaved his damn head, slapped him on the ass, and threw him in his cell. And... I'm going to play a little bit of this. This is from my good friends at Law and Crime. Uh, they treat they treat a YouTuber right, and they don't slap. They won't slap me with anything if I play one of theirs at normal speed. So we'll listen to a little bit of this, very little bit. I'm going to read. I'm going to be with you guys reading the chat, and then I'm going to open up the phone lines because maybe there's somebody that wants to talk to me about how much I love circumstantial evidence here on Midnight Radio. James, first of all, uh, what was your juror number? Five thirty. Five thirty. Okay. Yes. Um, when you were first called up for jury duty, did you realize it was going to be this case? Um, so I wasn't positive, but we were given a questionnaire. So a lot of those questions kind of pertain to the case in some way. Um, so I didn't know for certain, but I did think that it was going to be this case. 
when you finally got to court and you realized it was, what, were, what kind of were your thoughts? Um, you know, I don't really think I had any thoughts. It was just, I was there to do my civic duty, and I really didn't think that I would be chosen. I had heard that there was like 900 some people that were given, you know, the questionnaire and everything. So out of 900, I didn't really think that I'd be chosen. Was the Murdoch case something that everybody talked about around here, or was it something that was just kind of something that happened? Oh, I'm just popping in the chat room. I'm reading here. Susan saying, she's asked me if the uh, if the phones are open. And she's saying, you're still not, all in caps, not getting it. I got something for you. Um, I think that it was talked about a fair amount, but I didn't, I actually work over in Charleston and I've been up in Clemson uh, at school, so I haven't really been in the area for like the past four years. So, I mean, it's something that you hear about, but it, it's not something that I was really, I'm fast forward I have so many questions. I gave, oh my lord, I can't feed you. They just weren't latching. And it took Laura, me Laura, really I think this lady needs some of your advice here. The stigma I had. So that's when it really took that two hours to kind of walk through something they might not understand, go back to the evidence, go back and see what somebody said about something and answer those questions for those people. Like I said, it wasn't that they knew that he was not guilty, but they just weren't sure and they needed the answers to those questions and we were able to get those. So it was like a nine to three vote, the first vote? Yes, it was. Okay, and then slowly, how many votes did you take? We took one at the beginning. We, like I said, went through all the questions that anybody had and then at the end, we took another vote. This part of the Midnight Radio show is sponsored by our producer, Annabelle Stealth, and this right here. And we not only took that other vote, but we went back through beginning to end about all the details and the facts just to make sure that you know somebody's story didn't differ from somebody else's we were all pretty sure that we knew what had happened and we knew who had, who had pulled the trigger um, so then we took a vote at the end and then we took a moment to gather ourselves um, we wanted to make sure that everybody was they knew what they were going to say as far as what they thought and what their vote was going to be we didn't want anybody to have any questions we didn't want anybody to feel nervous about what they were saying or that they weren't sure and we wanted everybody to make sure that that's what they said because that's how they felt. We didn't want anybody to feel peer pressured or like they had to say something. What were some of the questions that people had? Because obviously this was a six week trial. It was supposed to be three and you weren't allowed to take notes. Yeah. Um, Talk it about was the notes. very tough, but I will say that everyone in the jury pool, they paid very close attention. Um, that was actually one of our concerns towards the beginning uh, was not having anything to you know take down notepads. But in the jury room, we were able to have uh, paper and pens. So if we had any questions, that's kind of where we would write down our questions and we save them all the way until deliberation. A lot of times those questions were answered throughout the trial. So they didn't, those questions didn't make it deliberation because they were answered by another witness or somebody else. But we were able to write back there. So we would just have to, you know, wait for one of those 15 minute breaks and then jot it down real quick. Um, so that's kind of how we got through that of not having anything to write it down. That's really interesting. Um, what were some of the questions people had? I mean, were there some things that the three were thinking 
did they have the same questions or were they? I think if uh, Susan A is going to call, she shouldn't be allowed to have notes, just like the jurors weren't. They're based off of what he said, how he said it, how he was reacting. Did he ever make eye contact with you? I kept uh, seeing him look over. I didn't know if he was looking at just a few of the jurors or did you ever? So, like I said, I was constantly looking at prosecution, defense, and the witness on the stand throughout the entire trial. Um, being able to make eye contact with somebody is, I, I, I don't know why, but I'll make eye contact with people a lot, especially during the trial. And it was something that I noticed that he very rarely ever made eye contact with me. And I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was just because I always sat all the way on the end. You know, I was kind of away from the rest of the jury once we... Basically, here's the way I see it. If you trust our justice system, you believe in those jurors, and most anybody, any reasonable person would have found this man guilty. I think he's guilty as the day is long. I think everything he did, everything he said, even the way his defense bungled his case... Just shows that he's guilty. And if you're going to call in, I want you to change my mind. Lost a few alternates, um, but that was something that I noticed is just that we didn't make very much eye contact. Interesting. Did you see um, tears from him? A lot of people, I, I saw them sometimes, but I, obviously I'm either watching on television or I'm in the courtroom and his back of his head is to, to me. Mm -hmm. Did you see tears? Um, I, yes, I did. I, I know that some people may have said that he did or didn't, but whenever I, like I said, I watched a lot of people. There was six weeks worth of time where I was just watching people and listening to people, and I would say that there was several times that he was crying. Whether they were genuine or not, I don't know, but I would say that he was crying at certain parts of the, of the trial. Did you believe anything that he said? Um, I think that he is... I think that he's good at being able to talk to people and I think that part of the way that he is able to be so good at talking to people is that he's convincing and I think that whenever he's convincing he's convincing himself as well and I think he's able to do that because he often somebody asked in the chat are jurors able to have notes in other states and the answer is most all of them are um, but maybe it's a specific court order they got through of not having notes meshes the truth with a lie so I think that there was some wasn't reliable which one points to the conclusion and fits you could kind of rely on a little bit better whenever he did get on the stand i know that it was very abnormal abnormal i've never been a juror before and i've never sat through trial before but i did know that the defendant taking the stand was very abnormal um i wouldn't say that at that point that sealed the deal or anything i just took what he said i tried to weigh it both ways i tried to see if what he was saying and if it was the truth made sense then that would make sense but then I ran it the other way, and if what he was saying just didn't add up, then it didn't add up. So I tried to do that with each piece of evidence. I tried to run it both ways as to if it was true, right, and if it I'm wasn't go true, ahead. if I could rely on it, or if I couldn't. And then which one made more sense, and which one, you know, kind of how they were saying about the circumstantial evidence, did it all point to the same conclusion? Now, the reason why I'm filling your head with this is there's another issue to look at. Buster's friend died. People are saying it was under... Mysterious circumstances and some detectives are talking about reopening the case and seeing if maybe the Murdoch family has something to do with it. A lot of people are dropping dead around these guys. Uh, we got, we've got um, a uh, house cleaner died. We've got friends that have died. You know, 
which one of these, we'll whether it's the truth or whether it wasn't and wasn't reliable, which one points to the conclusion and fits the story better. How important was Dr. Kinsey's testimony? Uh, I would, he talked about a lot and he's very knowledgeable. I would say that he was, you know, a very big part of the case as well as, you know, a majority of the team. Um, I found it very interesting some of the things that he talked about just because it, were, it was things that I was interested in. Um, I think it was very interesting as to how he walked through the crime scene, things that he noticed, things that he really, you know, dug into and things that really caught his eye. But, um, you know, whether he was ex miscellaneous expenses. The biggest part of the case or something like that. I think that he was extremely important and definitely gave us a lot of good information. Did you ever feel like the process a lawyer and being my first time, you know, sitting in the trial like that, it was just interesting to see how each one of them, what angle they took, how they, it was very good data wear something representing our judiciary system. Yeah, you're a snappy dresser. I noticed <laughs> it every time I saw you in court, so. Um. Later in the day, I think he took her out for some Arby's. All right, I will put the links to all this in the description below the video after the video so you can see it in its full entirety. I've got one more video here. We're going to check it out. It's about the jurors again. It's so hard to understand how a husband, especially a father, would kill their own son. What made you so sure that he had? His responses, how quick he was this, with the defense and his lies, steady lies. Did you feel like he was a liar? A good liar, but not good enough. Alex Murdoch, juror Greg Mayer, is the one speaking. He revealed to Good Morning America that it took the jury 45 minutes to find him unanimously guilty. They waited two more hours to not make it look bad. Many followed the case online, praised members of the jury for their focus. But not season A. This is interesting. Leave it to Cleaver. Phone addicted kid attacks dad with huge knife. Cleaver. Hope our midnight radio app doesn't do that to anybody. Are you kidding me? I think I would have already had the knife. Oh, good, good job, Dad. Good job, Dad. All right, guys, I'm going to read a little bit more of this. The jury, Army Williams, said the kill video definitely played a major part in the panel's decision to find Murdoch 54 guilty as hell in the shooting of Maggie and Paul. The Snapchat video taken by Paul. Hello, is that circumstantial? The person that's being murdered took a video of the father that supposedly did the murder when the father said he wasn't there. So it definitely had an effect. It definitely had an effect on the jury, especially when he lied about his alibi. <clears throat> so the Snapchat video taken by Paul on June 7th, 2021. Minute, moments, 
minutes before the murder, captured Murdoch yelling at the dogs just moments before the double murder near the family's kennels on their Mosul property. Murdoch initially denied it was his voice, but couldn't hide it any longer after he took the stand. When he got on the stand, I was like, okay, so it was him. I don't know him, so I never knew his voice, but when he got on the stand, boom, she knew. Murdoch, cop to previously lying and coming clean on the stand that it was his voice, but said he drove back to the main house on a golf cart just after the video was recorded. He maintained his innocence even after he was found guilty, telling the judge during his Friday sentencing that he did not commit the gruesome crime. All right, one more thing we're going to talk about. I'm going to open up that phone line so fast, so whoopsh, just like that. Whoopsh, do you see that? Do you see it? Do you see the size of that rabbit? Okay, that was it, actually. No, where's... Hold on. Buster, where are you, Buster. You're not getting away from me this easily, Buster. No, you're not. All right, I'll tell you what. We'll go over Buster in a minute. Uh, I'll go ahead and open up the phone lines now in case somebody wants to call and talk about the Murdoch murders. I know some people have been waiting to talk about it. But before I do that, again, I would like to thank... Annabelle Stealth for being a producer for this show. I'd like to thank our executive producer, Cranky One, Lady Lisa, Lady Sandy, and our producer, Alpha David. And those of you that gave today are going to be sponsoring tomorrow's show. Thank you very much. Let me play some of these messages we got going on right now. I'm going to open up that phone line, and I'm going to talk with you. Hi, my name is L.A., and I'm from somewhere in L.A. And I'm just wondering, where has all the common sense gone? Where's the truth? My God, I mean, if you look at the gun calls video by Chronicles of Olivia, the truth is right there. He said that they turned them on, the driver of the red Jeep turned them on to the food truck stock. Okay, what do they mean by that? How did Olivia Stevenson, who looks pregnant by her daddy, sister wise much Mormon? I'm just asking questions. I'm not telling things. I don't know. But my God, if you look up infiltracer.com, you can see a trail of blood with names and dates and underground railways and various things going on all the way from Maine to California to Washington down to Florida. I don't understand. How did Keely and Maddie get home? The dad insisted upon a chaperone, chaperone. Well, who drove the red sheet? Okay. okay. Well, look at the license plate of the red sheet, owned by Roger Marson Wright with a W. And then you look at his criminal history. Come on, so old. Wright with a W. Spellman. Oh, wait, like East Coast, West Coast. Oh, my God. And then he is complaining about reclining on the airplane spirit, traveling around the country, giving his dad $50 on commissary. Are you kidding me? Or are they in on it together? I can't figure this out. I think it looks like Paul and the Savage Twin, because he lost about 100 pounds in a month. But the red sheep, 
如此 ，Overtold on treating transparency on the human species, by the way, that a person in the red jeep picked them up, and if you see the red jeep in the parking lot before the idiots drove it all away, the license plate's right there. Take some breaths. Look it up. It's on everything. Google all the license plates. Roger Allen Wright. That was Ethan's jeep. What? AWN6519. Wow, look at the trail of addresses those people have on infotracer.com. It only costs 20 bucks for a month to look up all the people you want. So I looked up the person who haunted me at the bank the other day, and lo and behold, the last name was right. Interesting, huh? Well, you know what? God knows the truth. I bet God has a video camera. And pretty much I'm sure that this is just unbelievable lack of intelligence. Where's the truth anymore? And the judge won't even let him take notes in the murder case. Oh, I object. I object to what? The truth? <laughs> okay. Uh, I've rambled long enough. Thank you so much for doing the truth telling that you are. I've been down every single rabbit hole. I've been down. You've been down everything. All right. This is about the Murdoch case from the same lady. Hello, Midnight Radio. My name is someone from somewhere, and um, just trying to piece this all together, and I'm really super confused because I can't understand why a young kid would know that the Braves are going to the World Series for sure. Because he watches. Isn't that an odd thing? Also, wouldn't you give your dad at least 60 bucks (laughs) on just commissary? You can only have 50 at a time. Why would so many standing on Maggie's body to shoot into the quail. What does that have to do with anything? Why couldn't the jury take notes? How come we can't see the jury? Is there a jury? (laughs) Is this just a TV show? Um, Let's see. What else? Murdoch, Redgum. Let's see here. The attorneys all screwed up. They clean. We watched the chief of police, um, which in fact Mark Furman is from the Pocatello department, I believe, somewhere around there. Um, Cato did it. Anyhow, oh, he Cato had been on it. But I just, God. Is this you, Susan? Out here? <laughs> did you leave this message, Susan? Um, I confused the Idaho 4. I mean, he cleaned up the crime this scene and they ditched the scene. And now, how and Brian Koberger chance in hell have a chance to win and walk through the real crime scene with the real attorney? This seems like a dumb fucking waste of goddamn money. <laughs> <laughs> the judge, your honor, honorable judge, whatever his name is, won't let the jury take notes like they don't have any fingers? Are they chickens? What is this going on around here? Um, but in behalf of all Alpha Fees, I really appreciate Kaylee being an honest beauty. She covers herself up, so I'm really ashamed that the parents would put a picture of her with the end date. The mom said it was really hard to put the end date there. Really? So is dad rubbing up on pregnant Olivia? Stevenson, or is Infiltracer.com really not true? Does do the right people own the Red Jeep? Because I heard the Red Jeep was who picked them up. But if you look at all this shit, he's the one. Mr. Marston Wright. Anyway, wow. Confusing, huh? Thanks a lot for everything you do, because News Nation, I love News Nation. I don't think Ashley Banfield had anything to do with it. I believe they're LGBTQ unfriendly and very white racist people in both scenarios. 
and they think they're getting away with red rum. But um, thank you for the truth. Um, the truth shall prevail in any case. And Barbara, you should bring. If you're from Washington, please don't call again. Unless you have something really intelligent to say. Thank you so much. Oh, Bye. Bye. no, she didn't. Good thing you went away, Barbara. All righty. <clears throat> thank you for calling leave me a voicemail message. All right, I'm going to open up that voicemail line. I'm ready to talk to my happy, happy bunch of Fruit Loops in the audience. The phone line is now open, 325-261-0892. That phone number is 325-261-0892. Waiting to talk to you. That's what the show is. It's a conversation with you. No matter what you want to say, we're all just a bunch of Fruit Loops. You can't, you know, I have no problem with my expectations. I expect some, uh, a fruity mouthful from the spoon. That's all. Here we go. While I'm waiting for you. While I'm waiting for you, we're going to talk about Buster Murdoch. Buster. Public demands answers and suspicious death of Murdoch's classmates after Father Alex's conviction. All of you guys have been talking about this. I've seen it around. I've been sent emails about this. The show's a conversation with you. We talk about what you guys want to talk about. We're going to talk about this. I got a little bit of information from this because one of you, one of you guys sent me a, a um, video from Johnny, Jonathan Lee Ritchie's investing. Oh, I got a phone call, but I'm talking right now. Midnight callers line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Um, this is Susan. Hello, this is Susan. This is Susan A, not B, C, D, E, F, but I like those people. Hello, this is Susan A, not B, C, D, E, and F. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. Um, frazzled. Frazzled. Can, can you talk to me? There was like, um, I don't know. It was like five shows back. You said. There were a lot of people that were getting upset about, oh shit, about um, the Murdoch trial, which is primarily why I'm calling, although it is very, very likely I will get off track. So I've been, I've been wronging you for weeks. I'm sure you've had it stored up. Go ahead. Um, okay. So, um, okay. So, First, let me just say that I think that Murda is a big lying liar who took advantage of a crap ton of people, like, you know, his family and his coworkers, all of his loved ones, and like dogs and chickens, different things, animals. Um, so... And he, he, he did like destroyed everything in his life. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. You know, um, but <sighs> there were like in the last six weeks that we watched whatever we were watching. I mean, uh, let me first tell you that 
I need to preface this by, I, I guess, by saying I did not watch the very beginning of the trial. So um, I will cop to that. So if there's something that I'm wrong about, which will probably be a lot. You're wrong about um, everything. It was all in the first part yeah, of the trial. <laughs> well, then um, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. I'm, um, okay, so. Uh, the first thing you okay. said is you had so, a question about something I said. No, well, uh, I, I got to get there first. Okay, you're going to get to that. Because okay. I said. Yeah, I'm going to get to that first. Um, I mean, I'm going to get... You're doing good. Go ahead. Get to it. (laughs) All right. This is about where the train goes off the tracks. All right. Okay, so there... I don't even know. I started watching when they let the uh, financial crime stuff in. That's when I started watching because... I thought that it was pretty boring prior to that. Um, so, uh, so during th- those six weeks, I mean, the trial lasted six weeks, right? So, but during the entire six weeks, they, we, we watched how many trials do you think we watched? Cause I think we watched, two, three, or even four trials, and they were all submerged into one. That's right. And so when they let those financial crimes in, the trials turned into a huge character assassination. So, I mean, look, if you are on trial for something murder I'm just going to go with that for you. So, if you were on to, um it, don't say that. Don't say. Anyway, it uh it could happen to anybody. That's that's, that's true. Um anyway, it if, um if I'm on trial if you for murder. On trial for murder How many things in your past would you like them to bring up and say, oh, because of this, we're going to bring this in and say, because this person lied and lied and lied in his past, but changed, but changed. That is a great question. That is seriously a great question. When you... Because no, I was going to say, mm, go ahead. That was a good question, guys. What if I got called up for murder? And let's say I did the murder. Okay. Well, can we do that? Did I did I murder somebody or did I, did I not? Am I just on trial for it or well, did I actually do it? I, that's what I'm trying to say because I didn't. I think so that maybe, ultimately maybe I murder, murder. Okay. I, see. Uh, okay. I think me and, this me, is, and, this is, me and Susan uh, speak the uh, same uh, language. <laughs> We do really. So what she's saying is, let me translate. If I was in the exact same position as Murdoch, but I'm still me, but whether I did the murder or not is still questionable. 
And is it fair if they look at everything I did in my life up to this point and brought out every negative thing and talked about me? Absolutely, Susan. I would welcome that. Because, you know, if you look back in my I life, wouldn't. I would love I it. I would not. I've lived a great, I've lived a great and honest, I've lived a great and honest life. Everything well, good for I you. Really have, not everybody I've a, has. I've been a hard worker. I'm a I'm a writing teacher. Well, you committed I, murder, apparently, in this case. Well, I did what I had to do at the time. <laughs> I mean, which well, wasn't murdering somebody. I just went and got the chicken from Bubba and left on the golf cart. But before that, I was a writing teacher. I helped DJ. I helped train people to be DJs. I uh, talked here on YouTube. I had a hardworking mm-hmm. life. I served my country. There's no lies. There's no financial malfeasance. You can look at my credit score. It is high. I haven't cheated anybody. Bring everything I've ever done in my life. It is just fine with me. And I'm being honest. Okay. I'm going to be honest here, too. I've done a lot of things, and a lot of things have been done to me mm-hmm. that I would never. And I have changed. And guess what, Jerry? I'm a good person. I have a good job. I have a car. I have a very low credit score and I have a very nice cat and I follow the law and I have not gotten a, even a speeding ticket in the last three years. Let's talk and, about those bad but, things you've done. But, 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 but if really I got in trouble for murder and they brought those things up I, they, they, I can I mean, I look like a horrible person. You better not murder and anybody. And that's not me. And that's not me. So why have you done all these bad you, things? I'm not telling you that right now. What is this therapy? I don't know. I think I need some. I need someone to talk to, Susan. I need someone to be honest with me. Let's be honest. Well, I mean, you don't, you're, um. So you're telling me what you're doing. You're the perfect person, apparently. No, but I don't. Okay, hold on. I'm I'm so busy in my life, I don't have time for BS. And I mean BS for me. You guys aren't BS. I don't have any time for lies. If if there's something I need to lie about, I'm not even going to deal with it. You know, I'm not perfect. Okay, back, back to my point. You, you, you don't need to be doing those though, bad things, Susan. I'm glad you turned your life around. Ever since you embraced the power you, of the donut. I mean, how do you know I'm not lying about that, though? I know, Susan. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> um. Oh, hold on. Okay, is the phone? Officer? The phone texting you <laughs> i'm no it's not like that i'm just saying people do I think, I think you're i don't think so i don't think so susan have you i mean don't tell me what they are obviously i'm just joking about that but have you done really bad things or just things that you were be embarrassed if everybody knew about because i feel i, I feel I, like you're looking i at, think that that's yeah. i i think that that might be a to who you ask. Well, I guess that'd be true, but I feel like you're putting yourself in Murdoch's position. I don't think they're the same. Did you defraud families for all their life funds and make them poverty stricken and destitute? Did you lie about your, that you were there seconds before your family was murdered and you were there and on your dead son's phone, 
your voice is on there. I mean, let's look well, at this guy, and I don't. Uh, everybody, no, but except that's for you, not my point. You're not getting my point. I don't think you've you're got not, to your point you, yet. You're still not. We're no, still driving I down the road. We're still driving down the road because the I think that this maybe this will sum it up a little bit. All right, here we go. I'll shut up. Um. Ultimately, I think that Murdoch is, in my opinion, the first person to be convicted of murder in a financial crimes trial. Okay. Okay. So I think that he did it. I think that, I I mean, I, I actually don't really know if he did it because there was so much junk okay, science wait, wait a second, and corruption on both sides. Right I think the judge was asleep at the no, wheel. No, 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 I no, think- no, 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 no. Hold on a second. You said, honestly, though, be honest, and I think you just were with this. You say you you do think he did it, but that's not the point, right? You, you're, that's, yes, you're saying, that's not the point. But you do say you think he did it. But you also Nobody said you think convinced he, he, me in a court of law. No, 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 I, I no. think that if we step outside no, no, no. of the courtroom. You say that you think he did it. But before that, you said that he was the first one convicted of murder in a financial cr- a crimes trial. You do think he did it, but you're saying you don't feel like they put the case. You don't feel like they put the argument through in the actual uh, courtroom this time. He, the state's attorney, that's who prosecuted it, right? Yes. Is that the, the state's attorney? He lied to the grand jury. He lied to the, he lied. That's what I'm talking about. Corruption. He lied to the grand jury. He knows he lied to the grand jury. I, when, when hot AM radio, no, maybe it was Electra asked me it. A question about this I said I hate everyone in this trial except maybe not hate but I really dislike everyone in this trial except for maybe his brother who seemed kind of a nice, like a nice guy he seemed, he seemed like he was you know talking about cousin little. Eddie no the brother the Murdoch's brother <laughs> Yeah, I do think I probably do need some therapy after this phone call, especially. That's what I'm here Sorry, for. Sorry, I was reading the chat. Me too. Uh, um, I think that testifying, well, it's not uh, because these jurors have come out and they said, you know, testifying, they didn't believe him. I didn't believe him. His code switching shtick did not do him any favors. That was the first so thing I So you didn't I believe him either. On. You didn't believe him either, and he's here on a trial for his life. So what is it that you well, want? Well, when you use code switching, that's like the first kind of sign that you're not exactly, they, you know, I guess they plan it all out. But that was... Come on, that was a it, it was a performance, right? I guess I don't know if you, I don't think I've watched enough trials where people have testified on their own behalf, except for Jody Arias, which the prosecutor. I that. have to I've really applaud. I've actually applaud. seen a, a surprising amount, 
And there's only one case that I can recall that it actually worked. And that that was in the book, uh, We'll Find You by Joe Kenda, who we're trying to book on the show, by the way. We're working on that. But, um... Okay. You're telling me uh, of what you've seen at the trial. He lied. And we're talking on uh, issue... But here's the problem. What, here's what my the problem. problem. I problem? watched I watched a Netflix documentary. I watched The jurors a, weren't allowed um, to watch the Netflix documentary, by the way. Yeah, they weren't. But they, they weren't. weren't sequestered. So do you know if they did? Do you trust anyone in this trial? I trust you, Susan. I don't even trust those jurors because the way because the way that they were talking, and I I did see this. Somebody else picked this up. It was on a different channel. It was the host. I'm not gonna um, take credit for this, but they said uh, we noticed people were making a big deal about us not having notes. Well, or being able to take notes. And then he explained that they could go back and take notes and did it. Well, how did he know that? How did he know that people were talking about them not being able to take notes throughout the trial? I mean, did he Indeed. go back and watch every single YouTube channel? You know what I mean? I think that's a whole different conversation that I started in when I called in the very beginning and you said, and I will never forget this quote. What did I say? You said, I don't think, but this is a whole different topic. Yeah, but now. I'm still wanting to know what, what I said. I, what I said. You keep okay. talking about what I said, but you've never said it yet. I'm waiting for you to say it. Well, the first thing was about everyone um, can being upset about, circumstantial evidence and i was just okay. going to tell you that almost all evidence is circumstantial by the way but i don't think that there was hardly any evidence at all in this trial there was circumstantial evidence according to what you just said yeah but once they let all those financial crimes in it was like a big circus it was a shit show it was a shit show so what would we have had okay but do you want me to tell you uh, about, and, and, and it was way back, it was in December, you said, when I, when I called, it might have been like the second time. Merry Christmas. I'm getting a little bit better at this, I think. Maybe? Yes, no? A little better. Well, well okay. Um, you said that nothing that you or anyone else on YouTube says will affect what a jury ultimately um, decides. Man. Now, Man, that's pretty smart. We, I think, and I think that might be very, very close to a direct quote. Because that so stuck with me for, for a long time. That sounds pretty damn legitimate. And maybe not, but maybe so. Um, if you would have watched the first part of the trial, you would agree with me. Go ahead. Now we're heading into this um, 
Ashley Banfield stole oh, your Ashley Banfield. Mm. Becky, yeah, mm-hmm. she stole that. You know, I wrote that on Discord, of course, and you all talked about it already. It appeared, um, but she's now playing YouTube um, speculation. She could play your show. She could play your show. And then it was, it's like business. a huge meme. It's like looking in a mirror and a mirror and a mirror and a mirror. Um, but, and then people will watch that. And then perhaps NBC would pick up what Ashley Banfield said. I'm going to have to start putting and makeup then, on to make myself look more fierce as she enters my <laughs> arena. Do you, do you, now do you think that some of these, you too. I know that this has gotten off track, and I, I know it has. But it, that's sort of what I started thinking about after the um, verdict was read, and, and now is that what I about the financial crimes being entered sort of has become irrelevant. That as we progress, and I'm not going to say that I'm I was right, but you may be more important than you think you are. Oh, I see what you're saying. I finally put it together. So it's not like I would influence the jurors directly, but the things I do maybe create like a ripple and they eventually go to Banfield and hell, maybe they'll go to Chris Cuomo and then one of his jerk off friends from CNN might see it. And now they're doing crap journalism like I do, which is actually entertainment in my case. Yes, it's, but she's Damn, calling actually, it. She's calling it Theory Fridays. When, that's why I called it a, a meme. Maybe that wasn't quite the right, but it's like looking in a mirror and a mirror and a mirror and a mirror. You know what I mean? Like you could play the show. I, I saw her, the reason why was because I was watching another channel and I saw that channel play Ashley Banfield play the the other chan the channel that was on YouTube. So that's three perspectives right there. I guess Ashley Banfield didn't she pretended she didn't have a perspective on that, but she did. And so and she, but she has a wider audience. And then she does. The audience that the whatever channel this was I was watching they he has an audience and then the video that Ashley Banfield played that all those people saw because they watch his stream I don't know this is it's getting very confusing isn't it uh, since you've called in go ahead <laughs> well you knew what you were getting into I did yes uh, okay. I threw so, you right off track. I, well, I guess I complimented you and also said that you might have committed murder. So, and you called me a liar or, uh, I didn't, no, you didn't call me did a not, liar. You just called me ignorant of my ripples. That's okay. That's the first time anyone's <laughs> ever said that to me. And I think I kind of liked it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, but it's you did like, make a good point. You did. It. I 
do not think if I stepped inside that jury room for, let's say now, because this is over, you would still be in deliberation. For the Idaho four, do do you think that the Idaho four, anyone uh, that gets called for that jury, right? Do you Mm -hmm. think that the people aren't going to try to get on that jury now. They're going to try to be jurors. They're going to try to say the right things. And because they can get, they can go on the Today Show now. They can write books. They can, you know, do all these other things. And unless they sequester them, they are going to watch those Netflix videos or whatever netflix should have hell i think netflix i think netflix should have a gag order on it i think that netflix anticipated the um trial being done at that point and that's why they dropped it then absolutely i think then they i think that it went you know it it did it went a lot longer and um and they should have just held it but you know i'm not in charge of netflix all right, so let's get to the part about the trial that really chapped your Dunkin' Donuts, and that is, is it the circumstantial evidence? You feel like the circumstantial evidence convicted him for life? No. No. That's what you keep on. You you kept on saying, people are so outraged about all of this circumstantial evidence that's being let in. That's what really kind of got me and i said yeah no No, that's not what people are upset about sorry go ahead people are upset about him being charged uh him being charged for murder on a financial crime that's what i believe how could you say that no, I be, no. Well, no. How could you no, no, say no. that no, when no, he no. lied I, I, no, about no. his alibi? No, that's sorry. I I misunderstood what you said. Me um, too. I believe people. Some people. Some people were upset that they let the financial crimes in to the trial, and that they let the high side. What was that side highway fake suicide attempt in and they let all of those different other crimes in mm-hmm. and um and that that I believe I, I'm just trying to tell you you had said I think a lot of people are upset that they're letting circumstantial evidence in no I think that many people were just upset that they let in that 401B, I think that's what it is, um, evidence. And that's what I think a majority of people were upset about. I thought that it wasn't really, I don't want to say fair, but... I didn't think it it was a good idea. I didn't think so, that that was the right ruling. Are you the kind of I, citizen? Are you the kind of citizen that likes less information or more information to make your decisions? 
I think I think a murder trial is a pretty heavy thing. Uh, even though it wasn't his life being taken away, it wasn't the lethal injection in Colberger's case or, you know, being put to death, but life in prison is a heavy thing to do. Even 10 years is a heavy thing. I think the more information is financial crimes, what he had when he was five years old for lunch, if that's what it takes to get a picture of what's going on, I think all the more information, the better. Wouldn't you? I don't think ultimately it was his financial He's already crimes. being tried for something that they let into the trial. And, and that's, that's what I, I'm trying to explain to you what a majority of people were upset about. I understand oh, okay. in the chat, people are upset. Yes. That he murdered his wife and child. The chat. I understand that. I'm not, totally retarded i understand understand i think that that you understand that so you're telling me what they think so in in that regard i'm thinking you're playing devil's advocate because i can't talk to the uh, these other people who think that but you're telling me what they think so you called in so i figured we could have a conversation since you know what they're thinking about that i just hear that a lot i hear that over and over and over that but this your son was got convicted. The, 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 what? It was prior to him getting convicted. How do you so feel about that's... his conviction? How does a Susan murder? Feel? Yes, I a murdering his wife. And it's hard to son. tell. It, it, it's it's not popular because I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. know. I saw several things that convinced me that he's a big lying liar and a bad and a bad person. And now he's a convicted murderer and you, you know, he is. And, and I will stand by that. Of course. Grant, why are you leaving? Are do you really dis? disagreeing who's leaving i I don't okay i do i do think he probably did it it is it is hard to say that it's so hard it's so sad to even think about that but it's even more sad i think in in down deep down in my heart that I don't think this, I think this might have just, it could have gone so much better on, on, on every side. And I think, I think it is just, um, devastating. I think it's all devastating. It's devastating for those people who got their money stolen. It's devastating for, and he, and he did do it. A lot of people have a perspective um, that, you know, what in regard to what addicts will do to get their fix. And I think some people don't understand that. I, I've known a lot of people like that and, and who screwed me over and it was hard to understand. Um, Here, share those stories with me. How did that make you feel? 
Someone so close to you would do something like that to you. Somebody you trusted. How did that make you feel? You, you didn't want to. Well, you didn't want to believe I felt it, did embarrassed. You? I, I felt embarrassed because. Um, I felt embarrassed because I let them in my home and let them. Uh, and I, I stood by them while they stole my mom's camera. Mm-hmm. Someone that, you know, I was, I was dating. Horrible. So. Let me tell you a secret. And everybody that's under- watching here too. A secret about criminals and con men that I don't think the general public knows. Don't ask me why I know. But did you know that the easiest person there is to con is yourself? A con man starts with himself. And I look at the Murdoch case and I see a man who's openly lying as he's given testimonies, lied before with the, t- the sworn statements he's given. And not only is he lying to and us, I he's agree. also and lying I... to himself, but there's more than that. It starts with oneself, but then it goes to the very closest persons around us, our family and that is the person that they attack next before it ever gets out to the public. And I look at this man and that is what I see. And guess what? Lying and murdering is the same thing. You cannot have one without the other. So when you see all the lies in his life, just as someone from the jury, I can understand the way they, the way they thought in this case. I can understand them finding him guilty. because I can too. Yeah. I can too, but I don't think if like it is this what I was saying when you and and when you kind of got down to to the nitty gritty, um, yes, like I said, it is it is so hard to believe it, and it's so heartbreaking and sad, um. But I wish that we could have had a murder trial, straight up murder trial, without the evidence that was brought in on the financial crimes and that he's going, that he's already charged with. Like, that's the problem for me, that he already is charged with. It's not like, oh, we're going to, um, we're going to put this in because, you know, that's a part. I don't know. Um, he still has to go through that trial. And, and so that's, I just think that it shouldn't have been let in. Just so and, you, and that's all. Just that's so all. I, I think okay. that the, the financial crime shouldn't have been let in. I, that's, I don't believe that it was relevant. So here's what I think about that. I hear what you're saying, that you don't feel it should be brought in, and I'm not arguing against that. But um, So if it wasn't let in, you look at the preponderance of things and think, well, would he still have been convicted? And I don't know the answer to that, maybe, but the... People are asking, they're still asking in chat, what is the motive that he had to kill his family? I'm telling you, I know what the motive is. It is freaking obvious. You do? Because I don't. Well, sit back and listen to me. I I will tell you right now. You guys sit back and listen to me. You guys had it the whole time. 
All this money that he lost, these freaking millions of dollars that he sold in the 500, uh, how much was it? $500,000, 600000 he was trying to get from the bank and forging his wife's signature on. He did that. Financially, he had an issue. What was that issue? What did that have to do with the murder? I'll tell you exactly what it had to do with the murders. His wife and his son were hitting him up because they found out he was on drugs. And as any wife would have done, what if he, he's had the secret life she didn't know about. It's obvious that the drugs that they found and that he was on drugs or had something to do with drugs was absolutely true. So what the hell does that have to do with all the money? I'll tell you. Because it's not that he was so high and addicted to drugs. That wasn't his motive. This son of a bitch was uh, involved in drugs. He was involved with smuggling. He was involved with laundering the money. And if she kept snooping around, she would have found out and had him killed. So although he didn't want to kill his family, he got to the point where he had to kill his family. So it was either you're you're saying that he, he she would have killed him? No, the drug dealers would have killed him <laughs> because she found out that he was involved in smuggling drugs. She found this out because she's looking through her financial statements and like, where the hell is all the money? And you know what? You they, know where all that money was? It was are. wrapped up in drug shipments. And she would have okay, got him I, caught. So it would have been very unfortunate for him. Well, crap, she's found out. She's going to sue me. And all this is going to come out. Now, the only choice I have is to kill her or the drug dealers are going to kill me. So now guess what? He's, he's going away for killing his family. There's nothing about drug involvement being involved at all. And he's spending some time in jail and he won't be murdered. I don't. When, when, just, no, I think Yes, that's a, so what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to wait for the financial trial, and you, you guys are going to look at this, and you guys are going to realize that you don't have hundreds of millions of freaking dollars that just disappear, and people being murdered, and that not be the motive. So much time. It wasn't like all at once. What do you think he was doing with that money, Susan? I, when... I'm asking you because uh-huh. I think that this theory is a good theory. Is it a, just a theory, though? No, it because is going I to be facts. It is going to be facts. I do not. I do think he murdered his okay. family. I do not think he wanted to. But there's a point in your life I was telling you about conmen, Susan. And if nothing else, that is what he is. He talked himself that he had to do it or his whole thing that he was doing the the funneling the money the washing the money having all the money involved in drugs shipping the drugs into different places all of that was going to come down and it's not just about oh i'm caught oh bad me i'm going to go in jail it was death if you're doing business with these people and you get caught you're dead well but when did they say that he was doing good? I'm that's what I'm confused about. You what is, you're saying? They will say that, you Susan. They will say that. They will. Where is okay. the money? Where is the money? There wasn't any more money. There is he money. Spent it all. On what? He didn't spend anything. He paid five dollars for the the nice place he lived. He didn't have any hardly any money in his bank accounts. I'm telling you, all that money is gone. I know. It's hidden in drugs, and it is so far away from him. Right I now. agree. 
they're going to find a lot of involvement and they put it in this murder trial and it's really going to come out on this financial trial and you guys are going to see what the motive is. Well, I look forward to that. I, I mean, I really do. I, I heard, I heard and see, this isn't evidence. This is not fact. This could not be brought into a trial, but I heard that that property was once owned by some, um, drug smuggler yes and then he bought it from him i'm telling you this family I is think- heavily involved in drug smuggling and i think they have been way way before uh paul murdaugh who doesn't have enough brains to blow his damn nose if it was dynamite but his his uh grandfather and his father before him had a little bit more and he's he took over the family business and i think buster was going okay. to too but i'm telling you when they come to these financial trials, we're going to know. We're going to eventually know. But they're not going to find out the people that are really responsible for it. Well, I i mean, I look forward to hear. I really do. I really do look forward to hearing about that. There's some things I know about the drug trade I can't share because... Personally, I wasn't involved with it, but I've interviewed these people. Some of these people I've interviewed on my show behind the scenes, and I I know about the drug cartels and the things that they worked with. And I'm telling you, they cannot say, I think Alex killed his wife. I think he killed his son, Paul. And when they started finding out that he was using drugs, any wife would have looked in like, well, where did he afford that? I'm the one that takes care of all the money. And then she realized she wasn't the one, and there was big gaps in the money. I think she started to find out. He had to take care of it. He didn't want to kill her. He loved her, I believe, when he said that. I believe he loved Paul. But he talked to himself. He goes, well, I have to do this or I'm all, we're, we're all dead anyway. And I think that is what happened. And I think that is where the, I think that is where the, uh, what do you call it? What happened? That is, what why, happened? That, that is his motive. But I also don't think, I think there might be other lawyers and things involved there in South Carolina where they shouldn't have had the damn trial because of their involvement. I think they're involved too, and that's why it wasn't brought out in the trial. They're like, well, let's not just talk. Let's not talk about that. We got enough talking about his uh, financial misgivings and all this. They didn't want to talk about the things that all the rest of them were involved in too. How many of those other lawyers that were there uh, defending him? And was his partnership, how many of those knew about those parties that he would have with the uh, sex trafficked hookers? I mean, come on now. That was just a regular Saturday afternoon for these guys. But they all know that none of them, not even Paul or Alex, are going to talk about the drug smuggling. Hey, Jerry, is that the circumstantial evidence you're talking about? Those hookers? That, the hookers are (laughs) circumstantial. I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm not an Alex at, at my work. I, I, I'm not either. He killed that chicken. There's a lot of chicken involvement in this trial as well. Don't I, you I think, think that's too much. A, chicken is a symbol. <laughs> the eggs that the that the juror had too. Just crazy. I didn't want to bring that and talk about it because I didn't feel any of you guys would believe me. <laughs> um, 
I would really, hmm, okay. Well, I believe you. I, I just never saw any, it's hard for me to separate myself. I, I have a lot of time to think about these things when I'm at work because I have a, a lot of quiet time. So you go to your um, happy place. either I'll <laughs> I'll think about this stuff in a padded room. Yes. Um, I, so, you know, it's, it's hard to, sometimes I'll listen to shows or whatever, but I'll, I'll start writing down my thoughts on these things because it's, it's hard to separate your feelings, your, your personal feelings from when you walk into a courtroom and, um, and I think that I, have you ever served on a jury? I have not. Have you, maybe you don't want to answer. Maybe I don't. Okay. I served um, on the OJ trial. <laughs> okay. If no, you I, did, that would I be- started to serve on the jury, but then the guy gave up his right for a jury. So uh, mm-hmm. my time was wasted. I got a $3 check. I never cashed. Um, I would love, love. Hello. I think we lost Susan, everybody. Seriously. It wasn't me. I was just holding my pen. Well, thank you for calling, Susan. We appreciate it. So, guys, there's a lot more that's going to come out in the Murdoch case once they start looking at the financial crimes. Do I think that they're actually going to find the cartel involved? I say cartel. I'm not talking about the cartel. I'm talking about drug smuggling involved. Are they going to find out that he laundered money? Well, they could know it. You can have a financial crimes analysis. Are you back? Yeah, I don't know. My my phone said real time calling is. I guess is this real time? It's real is, enough for is, me. Like real, real time calling is canceled. Is literally what it said. I think there's uh, going to be more. How do you do that? How do you do that? I took my pen and I clicked it, and you <laughs> went away. Um, I, I think there's going to be more that comes out. Do do I think? that they're going to find out that he was smuggling drugs and washing money. I think they're going to know it because they, it's not hard to find out once you're looking, once you know, look for it. They have something called forensic accounting that can take care of that real quick. I'd love to watch that documentary. I really would. The Murdoch documentary? No. Which one? (laughs) The one you the, the story you just explained to everyone. Oh, the one I mean. maybe, gonna, maybe, the, maybe I'll write one of those quickie Amazon books about it. Maybe the writers in, the, maybe, maybe the writers in our group can help me quickie, with it. Oh, quick, yeah. One of those KDP I don't know, what, what is this writing class all about? <laughs> First, we're writing about bread, and now we're going to write about Murdoch's financial escapades. Quick, fan quick. fiction. Murdoch fan fiction. Um, <laughs> well, 
Um, I, I, I'd love to say and, and talk to you more about, um, I, I mean, Ava, the whole thing, just to, just to clarify in the chat, the whole thing, it breaks my heart, all of it. It breaks my heart. It's so hard. It's so hard to believe that someone would plan something like that. It really is like when you look inside yourself. Um, but it's also, like I said, I guess it's the best way is to physically, when you walk into that courtroom, sometimes you got to change your mindset. And that's all I meant. I think that it's horrible. I think he probably, he okay, he's been convicted of it. There's been evidence to show that. But there were things that I disagreed with in regard to the judge's rulings, I guess that's what I would say. I guess, I mean, I, I get, and, and I really stand by that. I think that he's the first person to, to be convicted of murder in a financial crimes trial. I, I really, I think that that sums it up pretty good. Next time I think of you, that's what I want to think of. I'm just going to think of that slogan. He was the first person convicted based on financial <laughs> crimes of murder. I, I I love your theory of the, the drug, the drug smuggling. I, I mean, millions and millions and millions and millions and motivation, motivation, motivation. It's a lot of work to steal and lie. Motivation is still this money. What did he buy? Did he buy four wheelers and a couple of fancy guns? No. Do you think he was addicted to drugs? I don't think he was addicted to drugs in the amount of money that he has missing. Right. No, I, I, I got you there. Oh man. Sorry. Um, do I think he was addicted? I really don't know. I would have to investigate it deep, more deeply. And the way I'd investigate it is this. I would see, I would see the time, uh, that he was supposedly injured and where he was injured. Was it his back? Was his leg? Was his knee? What was it? What was his doctor's prescriptions? I mean, I'd really have to investigate that to give you a real answer. And I hadn't paid attention to his being addicted to drugs. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just wondering because I really, I, I do think that he was addicted to drugs. I'll tell you what, there's two things that um, just blew me away. And I know that, I mean, seriously, and I don't mean this politically or anything, but the way Joe Biden falls upstairs, I've never seen that before in my life. And the way that uh, Alex Murdaugh cries with snot flying from his nose, but no tears. I've never seen either of those. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that he, you should have never testified. And like I said, I mean that, um, what, what did he say? He called a pawpaw. That, 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 that's code switching. You know, that's, it, it's absolutely positively they tried that and that was a complete failure he's a failure that you should have never yeah you should have never testified it's kind of like what my father says ignorance is like rain it just doesn't get a little wet when it rains it pours and someone's never a little bit of a dumbass they're always a big dumbass 
And I think that's what happened in this case. Well, what if you, let, let's say also that that applies to you saying nothing that you ever say about the Idaho four or any case will affect the outcome. See, that's the most beautiful because, part about this show, Susan, is this show isn't about me. It's a conversation with you. Not just me. You mean everyone. Everyone. And because, according to what you said, what I said is true because it doesn't matter what I say. Now, if Ashley says it, it's on her. You know, I, the show is listed under entertainment, and I say wild-ass theories, wild-ass speculations, and crazy-ass speculations, and donut-ass speculations. I was really trying to – you really, really don't want to take a compliment, do you? I can't take compliments. I just have to take reality. <laughs> Because what I meant was not just you in general, but also I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that what Ashley's doing on Fridays has anything to do with me. I'm really not. Oh, I don't. No, I don't either. Sorry. Yeah. But but I think it was funny to talk about. But no, I don't think so. uh, I think that what you have created not just you many of these channels that are are have heart which i think your channel does have heart i think that there are other channels that are educational i think that there are other uh channels that are fun um this is fun and it's educational but i'm kind of like a puppy think, dog with a wet nose <laughs> i'm not you're not that cute no, the show, no. not me. <laughs> um, I I believe that they all will sooner or later have an effect on our justice system, and I and, and the and especially this now this Idaho trial is going to be in, insane come June, just a pre-trial hearing, it, you know. We're going to talk. Be, uh, I mean, I thought we'd stop talking about it. Even one of the other channels said, we're going to stop talking about this. And then I think they realized they didn't get any views. And so they started talking about it again. Talking about what? So, the Murdoch case or the Idaho 4? The Idaho 4. The Idaho 4. I, you know, the people, for some reason, I guess it's because it's... um. It has to do with uh, the know, YouTube. Say, it has to do with the YouTube algorithm. They drive it. Exactly. And it has to do with pretty blonde girls, white blonde girls. They weren't white. And I hate to, you know, I hate to say that, but they, that's Kaylee Gonzalez wasn't white though. Her hair was well, dyed blonde. Actually, a I'm lot just, of their hairs were dyed blonde. Yeah, but I mean, blonde. they were pretty. They were pretty white girls, and a lot of the that is what gets the media's attention. Unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Gabby Petito. This this is a whole other you know, conversation here, though. Really, I know it is. I, I, got, know, I you got, started I got, it. I got so damn mad at Stephen King about this. I don't even want to talk to him anymore. So damn mad about it. 
Basically, that's the oh, same. And I think it was about Gabby Petito. It might have been about that or a different case. He was talking. He said the exact same thing that you did. You know, the only reason the media is paying attention to it is because it was happening to a white girl, and whenever that happens, no, that's not what I said. I said that that it does happen quite frequently. Maybe I maybe well, you, you I didn't, I'm not going to do an, I'm not going to do an exact quote, but basically take what you said and that's what Stephen King said. And I looked it up. I'm like, listen, jackass. You've been writing stories here for about 40 or 50 years now, and nothing, none of your main characters were black. They were all white the whole time. And the female heroine, heroines in there, they were also white. So don't go telling me that you're not a part of the problem, pal. You know what I mean? It's part of that algorithm. So where... I never said that you were... Um... All right, part I'm gonna, of the problem gonna, no you didn't i was talking about stephen king i'm saying stephen king was a part of the problem <laughs> well i talk about crimes of God, all me colors. Too. i got crimes God, to talk about i got crimes to talk <laughs> about right now that i'm about to talk about and you know i talk about people of color all the time it depends on what crime it is not about what color they are but i'm saying well I don't want to get into this because I got other stories to talk about, but I will say this. Okay, that's fine. The question no, no, is, maybe that's not something I feel strongly about. I I think that it it is well, it's a strong, it's a, a, strong lot of, question a lot of people feel it, strongly. About. It happens, but whose fault is it? Uh, you're talking about the YouTubers not want to talk about the Idaho Four anymore, but it's fueled by the algorithm, and the algorithm is fueled by what people want to watch. So if the people want to watch what they want to watch, you can give it to them or not give it to them. If you don't give it to them, then they'll get it from somewhere else. For some I agree. reason, the people, that's what the people want to see. I don't know why. But Well, here, can you tell me why YouTube always wants to advertise um, pot gummies to me? They're doing the same to me. Do they advertise checking your sperm count to you guys too or is that just a me thing <laughs> it's because i get gummies and sperm count the home test kit uh wait you got it in the mail no but it's an advertisement for a home test kit free sample is it a free sample no they're wanting a sample uh, <laughs> Oh, well, if they want it, do not give it to them. Here is the best advice that I, and I, I know you agree with this. If you don't even, and this is advice that I will tell anyone on the street, anyone, if you even come within, I don't know, if a, if a police officer talks to you one word, Never, ever say anything to them. The only word that I would ever say to a police officer inside of a of of a interrogation room is lawyer. And I hope to God that anybody else in this chat hears that. I think. And I think the first thing you would say is pass arrested. the donuts, please. Can I have one of them donuts? Yeah, and too. then you would ask for <laughs> Okay, well, it was nice speaking to you. I know that they're probably very tired of um of hearing us talk about nothing. 
We could start. But a- I I do like I do like your theory on Murdoch. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. It's very um, probable. It's it's hard. Well, okay. You wouldn't call it probable. I, probable that the there were drugs. I think that that makes for a great theory. I I I think it is probable. Once somebody told me about that person who owned the, but you know what I like to see. I like to see records, documents of who owned that house. What is their name? Show me the documents. Get on the auditor site. That is what I want to see. I like like hard, hard evidence. I don't like YouTube. I'm sorry. Maybe this is what, maybe it's because Laura's child and myself are, you're getting, your algorithm is going down because we're saying bad words. My algorithm is so weird. My algorithm scares me. It actually does. (laughs) Oh, stars is advertising to me now. Yeah. I just threw in a commercial. Y'all guys tell me what you just got on that commercial. I threw y'all. I hit the commercial button. I get no money from it. It goes to YouTube because they robbed me, but I'm (laughs) going to, I have, I, (laughs) You want me to get the free trial? Do you get money if I get the free trial? I get nothing. No, I don't get anything from these YouTube commercials. Not one cent. They they, they found a con way to rip people off. You get nothing. I get zero. Get the commercials you see from when, anybody from these commercials. Oh. This show is only funded and only funded only by you guys that watch. I know it is. But then I don't go playing around and spending the money either. I use it. I use it for the radio licensing, but, uh, yeah, what YouTube does. Well, yeah. there you go. I appreciate it. There, I, guess. I was just, I was just waiting for that to go through. You, I mean, actually. seriously, the way I have it is, and I believe in value for value. This show is hours. Whenever we're on, we're on hours for hours and you get that entertainment and that interaction. And then you f- say, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Whatever money you get goes in, and I've said this before, it goes into the radio licensing. But then the DJs, they have a chance to go on there, do their sets, one hour for the pre-show, and then the regular shows are two hours, playing the music. We have license to play, and you're helping them actually get paid for the work they're doing, and I appreciate that. So that's my way of giving back and teaching them how to be DJ. Can you... Uh, send that directly to Electra today because um, no, she, I can't. She's I, I can't. I cannot do it. I don't send. Aww. Don't send money here in chat, and it cannot go to the DJs because <laughs> I do not have access to this money. Um, you have to use their cash apps. Uh, are is this going to be a financial trial that we're going to hear about in the future? What financial trial? Your the. <laughs> The YouTube money that you're um, funneling through the DJ. Oh yeah, um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get convicted of having you guys you know, <laughs> of uh, what do you call it funneling tunes. <laughs> I've been kill, killing okay, the set well, list tonight. You you actually do tell stories about important things and not just the Idaho four. And I appreciate that. 
I so do have I don't work know that that I know that that is I guess not at all why I called. Well, I still but, appreciate that. And one of these days, you're going to call and tell uh, us about yourself and tell us your your secrets. And I think we're all going to be surprised. I do. I do. I do have secrets. I do. And they're all in the library book. Lost in the book. Oh, that, that, that is um, odd. That's like something I can't even begin to think about what you're talking about. I don't know either. Um, All right. Thank okay. you for calling and sit back. And I got some more crazy stories coming up about things going on today. But you know what? The good kind of crazy. I don't have any so, good crazy stories. Okay. Well, I was talking to somebody else, kind of. Oh. So, okay. All right. Uh, everybody, Susan, everybody. <laughs> there she is, Miss Librarian. There she is. She's going for a donut. Am I, am I supposed to hang up now? Oh, I was supposed to do that. Sorry. You have a good night. <laughs> there she is, lighter than air. She is. All right, let's go to our next story, guys. I'd like to thank you guys that just helped me. I'd like to thank Susan A., and I would like to thank Electra. Thank you very much, your producers, for our next show. See how that works, guys? Let's talk about this. Um, now, this isn't the new Dylan Rounds information. I want to catch some of you guys up on who is Dylan Rounds, in case you didn't know before. But this uh, catches you up a lot on why this is important, who he is, and what happened to him. And uh, this is old information. It's been around for a while, October 14th, 2022. And this is also in Idaho, by the way. So once this case starts kicking, you're not going to hear a lot of information, although we did hear a lot more information about Dylan Rounds than we've heard about the Idaho 4 information. So the parents of a missing man from eastern Idaho are releasing new details about their son's disappearance and what they've learned since he vanished in May. All right? So this, I'm going to read this, and this is going to give you the background information, and then we're going to the next story. It's going to tell you what happened on Friday. So he turned 20 on August 1st. He was farming in the desert town of Lucen, Utah. His grandmother spoke with him on May 28th, and nobody's heard from him since. There's been no sign of Dylan anywhere, no activity on his cell phone or bank account according to his parents two men who interacted with dylan in the days before he vanished were arrested in july for felony gun crimes in utah they have not been charged in connection to dylan's disappearance but dylan's parents believe brenner and they have since the beginning who is squatting on nearby property knows what happened to their son they believe boots belong to dylan that were found behind a dirt pile on his property with blood on them were put there by Brenner. Brenner has admitted he is the one who took the boots out there, Candace Cooley, Dylan's mom, says in an interview. And he said he found them by the shed on the property, picked them up, moved them by his camper somewhere, and then decided Dylan wasn't coming back for them. Cooley and Justin Rounds, Dylan's dad, say investigators told them his information and argue Brenner's story doesn't make sense. Those boots were not in that desert during a rainstorm on Friday, the day before Dylan disappeared. Those boots didn't even have dust or mud on them, Cooley explains. 
I bet you Brenner put them there on Monday, two days after Dylan vanished. And he knew we were coming out and he had to get rid of them. In addition to learning about the boots, Dylan's parents say pings on their son's cell phone show it never left his property on the day he vanished. And the phone was found at the bottom of the loosened pond on June 18th. Right after the last phone call to my mother, Dylan called Jim Brenner. Brown says, then he went up to Jim Brenner's, the phone did anyway, and was around there for a while. Then it went back to Dylan's place and then back to Jim Brewer's. Then according to Rounds and Cooley, Brenner stopped by the, on his pond on his way to a friend's for lunch. He placed himself at the pond the day Dylan disappeared. And Dylan's phone was found in the pond. No unusual information or evidence of where Dylan could be was found on the phone according to the parents. Cooley and Rounds say they were also worried about someone entering Dylan's trailer after he disappeared and placing one of his guns along with a key fob to his truck inside. Okay. So again, I'm going to go back up to the date of this. He disappeared on August 1st. They had all this evidence the whole damn time, and they never, they never arrested this man until today. Now, after a nine-month investigation, a suspect has been charged with the murder of 19-year-old Dylan Rounds, who went missing near Lucen, Utah, a small town near the Nevada-Utah border. Fox 13 News reporter Darian DeBrule spoke with Dylan Rounds' mother about how she's feeling now. This is a huge win for Dylan. This is huge. This is what we have been fighting for for nine months. It's been over nine months since Candace Cooley's son, Dylan Rounds, was last seen on his farm in Lucen, Utah. Dylan was living his dream. Dylan was a 19-year-old that is unlike so many others. Dylan was, he was so giving and he was so passionate about what he did. Friday, the Box Elder County Sheriff's Office said 59-year-old James Brenner, who was already in custody on an unrelated federal firearms charge, has now been charged with aggravated murder and desecration of a human body. Cooley says her family suspected Brenner all along. Brenner should have been arrested on the very first date. We knew he did something to Dylan. We knew our son would never walk away from his father. Despite some reports saying otherwise, Cooley says James Brenner was not a family friend. We did not know Brenner. Brenner moved out to the property and squatted on it after Dylan was already there. Stop calling Brenner a family friend because he absolutely was not. According to arresting documents, investigators found a time-lapse video of Brenner cleaning a gun with blood stains on his arms and shirt. Police were able to obtain the shirt and found Dylan's DNA on it. Although police have not released a motive, Cooley believes her son's murder was not premeditated. 100% snap moment. You look back through Brenner's history, everything's a snap moment. Cooley says her family has still not had time to grieve as charges being filed was just one battle. The next finding Dylan's body. We're remaining on on our focus to find Dylan and to bring Dylan home. And so those emotions are still put to the side right now. We will be out there. We will spend our full summer out there. If he doesn't tell us where Dylan is, we will have a base camp and we have people, elite teams across the country that will come help us. We will go find Dylan. Darian DeBrule, Fox 13 News, Utah. A lot of time, murderers won't say where the body is, and I think one of the reasons are that if you saw what he actually did to the body, it'd be a whole lot worse than if you just didn't find the body. They'll find out the callous way, the horrible way that Dylan was murdered. Maybe he was shot in the back. Maybe he was choked from behind. We don't know yet. There was blood involved. 
there was blood involved. So that is your update on the Dylan Rounds case. And it's not much of an update, really. It's just, you know, all these things we knew. We knew the bloody boots from the very beginning nine months ago. I guess it took them that long to get DNA evidence back. I don't know. It's been a while, though, for sure. Now, let's talk about the Delphi case, guys. Check this out. This is crazy. A nightmare that you never wake up from and that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. So for nearly 10 or 12 years, the dark, devastating murders of Bill and Peggy Stevenson have left a lot of loved ones just living in fear. Yeah, answers could be coming as detectives follow up on new leads involving DNA testing and a potential connection to Delphi, Indiana. Jessica Schmidt explains the very latest developments in part two of this story from Cincinnati's Crime Vault. Well, at this stage of the investigation, detectives tell me they are not prepared to rule anything or anyone out. They've tried everything, including talking to mediums and psychics and announcing a $50,000 reward for information. And they're working on some of their latest leads right now. The disturbing deaths of Bill and Peggy Stevenson left so many in the Boone County community shattered. It was just horrible, you know, just to find out that they're both gone and that it wasn't an accident wasn't carbon monoxide it was at the hands of somebody else it was just it was almost too much to bear the couple was murdered inside their own home in may 2011 after living lives filled with love and ministry their daughter beth calls it an incredibly scary situation you're constantly looking over your shoulder and just up until about three years ago my front blinds never opened just within the last three years i've been able to sit with the blinds open. It was a complex crime scene. It's pretty bad that somebody could stay, that, that they could stage something and stay with bodies like that for, you know, multiple hours. Um, it's pretty sick. That's why detectives Coy Cox and Tim Adams are not willing to close the door on anything. We are careful in this case because of the complexity of some of the evidence, not to say that anyone has been ruled out. But we certainly take it all the way down the path as far as we can to where it's like, okay, we don't see the need to go on down this path because it's not looking like that is our individual. In November 2022, a tip led them to a neighboring state. We had received some information from an individual uh, regarding the uh, Delphi murders in Indiana, and they had said for all of these reasons, we believe it may be the same person uh, that was involved in the Stevenson case. Right away, detectives Doesn't started looking into a possible connection between Bill and Peggy's 2011 murder and the murders of Abby Williams and Libby German in Delphi, Indiana yeah, in 2017, pervert. a case that's garnered national attention. There's things that will make you really interested in a case, simply more than just somebody saying, hey, we, we think this person might have been involved. But we had a little piece of information that really made that case uh, specifically interesting to us. The information pointed Boone County investigators toward a specific person who had a specific item they were interested in. I'm not going to tell you about that, what that item was. We've recently been in the no northern part of Indiana um, <clears throat> investigating the sky, uh, following around, looking for things, collecting all of the information and the evidence that we would need to at least vet him as best we could with our case. Uh, he was cooperative. We were able to go down that path with him and he articulated good reason uh, to why uh, that may have existed. 
They said what they found to Indiana State Police, since they are handling the murder investigation of Abby and Libby. To be clear, Detective Cox says their investigation into a potential link between the two cases did not include Richard Allen. We received information from Indiana as it related to some persons, and we forwarded that to them. We did not send them the information that led them to Richard Allen. We sent them information that may have had some parallel consistencies with where they are with that case right now. When Boone County detectives were in Delphi, Allen was already in jail, where he has been since October of 2022, accused of Abby and Libby's murders. I know that sounds a little cloak and dagger, but I'm just sorry about that. We're not going any further with that. That's not the only lead they're following. We have uh, two gentlemen that are in the trucking profession. All right, I'm not going to play the whole thing right here. I'm going to put a link after the show's over in the show notes as soon as I get to it within like 24 hours put the link there so you guys can check it out there's too much they're not telling us for me to be interested in playing the whole thing tonight guys all right this is crazy let's check this out together university let me get that for you of massachusetts sounds alarm on tiktok drinking trend after nearly 30 students are taken to hospital what is this trend well they're not going to tell us here Students were observed carrying jugs with a mixture of alcohol, electrolytes, flavoring, and water dubbed blackout rage gallons or Borgs in a binge drinking trend gaining traction on TikTok. Well, thank you, newscasters. You just taught the college people how to make this. We used to call it jungle juice. Reports say 23 ambulances were summoned to off-campus parties. They made punch. There were so many calls for ambulances for student alcohol intoxication that neighboring agencies stepped in to help. The Amherst Fire Department said none of these cases were life-threatening. They said that it is the first time the university has observed widespread use of Borgs. Resistance is futile at off-campus parties. This must have been the kind of stuff that Susan A. and her, her librarian fraternity used to do. Watching Star Trek, I bet they were a bunch of big nerds drinking Borgs. Amherst Police and UMass Police reported two arrests for underage drinking. Daily... Hampshire Gazette reported, according to the newspaper, the hashtag, hashtag Borg has garnered more than 74.7 million views on TikTok. Holy crap, I need to go make a TikTok video about this. Or uh, maybe a YouTube short. I need to start doing those. Guys, if you have any ideas for something I can make a YouTube short on, email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Poison Control says Borg, which is a closed container carried around by individual students at parties, has been praised by some as avoiding the spread of infectious disease as well as reducing drink spilling. Well, hell, I'm all for it then. Because the trend involves customizing the drink with electrolytes, some believe it reduces hangovers. Yet, Borgs, which typically contain a fifth of vodka, holy Moses, can still cause alcohol poisoning even if consumed over a stretch of several hours, experts warn. Hmm. The more you know, ding. Got another story for you guys. And this is breaking news, now playing above. That's where you spoke with Nathan. The search for a father who vanished during a business trip is over. Today, police in Baton Rouge told us they found the body of Nathan Millard. The father lived in Walton County. 
Channel 2's Audrey Washington is live in Conyers. And Audrey, that's where you spoke with Nathan's co-workers today. Right, and Nathan Millard worked here, as you can see behind me, at Advanced Construction in Conyers. People who knew the 42-year-old father told me they've been crying ever since they got that devastating news this morning. New video into Channel 2 Action News shows the exact spot where a passerby made the gruesome discovery early Monday morning. Here on Scenic Highway in downtown Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is where police say someone left the body of 42-year-old Nathan Millard. I'm heartbroken. Last month, we spoke with Nathan's wife, Amber, by phone. She told us her husband left their home in Walton County. Hey, uh, do you guys... You guys that listen to this show with headphones, you hear how bad the audio quality is, especially if you're one of the DJs. How do you think they recorded this? I'm talking about the newscaster doing. Say someone left the body of 42-year-old Nathan Millard. I'm heartbroken. Last month, we spoke with Nathan's wife, Amber, by phone. Sounds like she recorded on her phone's memo pad. She told us her husband left their home in Walton County and flew to Baton Rouge for a business trip. She said while in Baton Rouge, he went to a college basketball game. He was able to get college basketball tickets and he and I FaceTimed while he was there. Police say Nathan then went to this Baton Rouge bar. Witnesses told police afterwards the 42-year-old left to head back to his hotel but never made it. Amber told us police found Nathan's cell phone a few blocks away from his hotel. She also said authorities obtained surveillance video of a stranger using Nathan's debit card. After weeks of searching, Baton Rouge police said Nathan's body was found wrapped in plastic and rolled up in a rug. The cause of death is still unknown. And today I checked with Baton Rouge police. They told me they are not investigating this as a homicide, but they also said that might most likely change once they receive the autopsy results. And we are live here in Conyers, Rockdale County. Audrey Washington, Channel 2 Action News. We begin with a developing story today. Police in Louisiana are searching for a Georgia man who disappeared while out of town on business. Nathan Millard's wife told Channel 2. Well, they found him, in case you guys were wondering. Two more stories, second to the last right now. We guys, uh, we guys, we guys, hey! We talked about this, and, uh, well, there's a new update to this. Remember the woman that killed her husband right there in the hospital? I mean, gunned him down. Well, they both agreed that she was going to do that if it ever came to that part of their lives where it's time to say goodbye. There's your lady right there, Ellen Gillen, 76, Gilland, sorry, 76. She was released on a $150,000 bond on Friday night. So... Of course, she is from Florida. The 76-year-old Florida woman accused of killing her terminally ill husband was released for a $150,000 bond. She's accused of gunning down her bedridden husband, Jerry, at Advent Health Hospital in Daytona Beach in January after she said the two had planned it for weeks that she would kill him and then shoot herself. However, after she fatally shot her husband, she was unable to go through with her into the pact. The hospital was put on lockdown and patients were evacuated as Jillian barricaded herself inside the 11th floor room for four hours. She never threatened police, but never put the gun down, and police worried about a potential shootout. Well, they didn't take her out, but she was eventually taken into custody after the old SWAT team 
put use a flashbang on her. She was originally charged with first degree murder. However, on Wednesday, she was indicted on a lesser charge of assisting suicide slash manslaughter and aggravated assault of a police officer. Jail records show she was released from jail on Friday after hospital workers heard a gunshot coming from the room. Well, that's when they they entered and found her husband, her standing over her husband's lifeless body in a pool of blood. She pointed the weapon at the two workers and told them to leave. She said the same to a third staff who entered the room. And we watched the officer's body cam 10-minute video already. So she's out on bond, and she assisted somebody. Again, I'll read what her charges are. Yeah, she's not getting first-degree murder. She's getting a charge of assisting in suicide. All right. So we wondered what would happen. Now we know. And a lot of people have been talking about this case lately, so let's talk about it too. A Texas mother stands accused of capital murder and the deaths of three of her children. Nearly two years after her twins, her twin sisters was accused of committing the same crime against a seven-year-old girl. Shemaya Hall, 25, allegedly murdered a six-year-old boy and five-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, in the Italy, Texas residence on Friday afternoon. A four-year-old boy and 13-month-old girl were also stabbed and wounded. Investigators said the stabbing murders occurred as a Texas Child Protective Service caseworker attempted to remove the children from the Harris Street home. The caseworker then called the Ellis County Sheriff 911 dispatch at approximately 4 p.m. The Italy Police Department was dispatched to the residence and arrived on scene at approximately 4.05 p.m. The officer discovered five, five critically injured children inside the residence. The sheriff said, we ask for you to keep the family, the community of Italy, and first responders in your thoughts and prayers during this tragic time. The Italy Police Department on Saturday offered similarly the same thoughts. Now, the Ellis County jail records reviewed by law and crime indicate that Hall faces three charges of capital murder of multiple persons with a bond of $2 million on each count. Hall's now entering her fourth day in jail. As the investigation of the shocking case continued to unfold, they reported the defendant's twin sister was accused of stabbing and murdering a child almost two years ago after she was literally caught red-handed. Fox 4 reported in June that, that Troy Shehall allegedly confessed to stabbing a teen boy and murdering her seven-year-old daughter, Madison Petrie, in an apparently unprovoked attack by stabbing the girl more than 30 times. The defendant, however, was found incompetent to face murder charges on October 12th, 2021. Dallas County jail records show the twin sisters were born July 11th, 1997. Trochea Hall reported is in custody at North Texas State Hospital, which is not that far from where I live, guys, which provides inpatient psychiatric services to adults, children, and adolescents. Court records in Dallas County show that Shamila Hall previously faced an aggravated assault case in the jurisdiction for allegedly stabbing her sister's boyfriend. 
I didn't mean to do that. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. I know these cases are shocking. It's, it almost seems more shocking when I find out they're so close to me. Are you guys arguing in the chat room? What's going on over there? Thank you guys for tuning in again. If you'd like to become a member of the show, you can do that. There's a link above that says become a member. You click on that. I mean, I'm looking in a sea of green here in the chat room. But let's say you're in Spotify. Also, you can become a member on Spotify. If you're there in Spotify, you get special things. Uh, special episodes dropping just for you guys in Spotify. So those of you that aren't members and just watch the free version, that's okay, but you're missing out. Also, if you would like to become a DJ, I will teach you about how to be a DJ. We are still recruiting DJs. You know, the number one thing it takes that we're looking for is someone that actually wants to become a DJ. You have to want to have a DJ. Then we'll tell you what equipment you need, and it's not very expensive. And we'll show you, tell you how to use that equipment. I'll tell you how, train you how to do lead-ins, tell you how to pick the songs, tell you how to group things, categorize things, teach you how to write a radio show and produce a radio show. And I will give you a place to do it. All you need is that one thing you have to want to, you have to learn, you have to train, and you have to get better. And I will teach you to be a radio DJ. And that's not only here, you can leave here with your information of how to be a DJ and work at uh, any radio station in the country. So that's one thing we offer here. Yes, we're looking for DJs. If you want to be a DJ, here's your first step. My email is midnightrad.io. 101 at gmail.com. You send me an email with the subject, I want to be a DJ. And ask me what the next steps are, and I will tell you what they are. This is not a trick. This is just the way it is. People are asking me what's up on the post show. As far as I know, we don't have a post show unless somebody wants to go on in there and do one. If Electra wanted to do a post show, I imagine she could. Other than that, you're just going to have some awesome music that is going to start playing as soon as I click off the radio here. And um, see, did I miss anything? If you guys, for you guys that are in the writing program, we're going to have our next writing, uh, what do you call it, workshop on the 15th of this month. I'll put that out to you guys sometime tonight. So you guys know it's going to be on the 15th. And if you guys haven't done your assignments yet, they're going to be due 5 a.m. on the 15th. We're going to go over those. All right, guys, that does it for me. We'll come back. Remember, this show is a conversation with you. If there's something you want to talk about, email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Send me a voicemail at 325-261-0892. You have up to three minutes. This shows the conversation with you guys. That is what it is. And we talk about what you guys want to talk about. All right. I'll see you next time. Until then, good night. God bless. And all my best.